Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network, coming to you from the TeacherCast studios since 2011. Join us each week as we bring you the latest educational news, ed tech updates, and hottest interviews with today's most influential leaders in education. And now, for your host, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Teacher Cast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and thank you so much for joining us today and making Teacher Cast your home for professional development. This is the Jeff Bradbury Show, and today we have a bonus show. And today we're going to be talking to a good friend of mine all about podcasting and how he's using podcasting to build your EDU brand. That's right. If you're a podcaster, blogger, web designer, spear, webmaster, anything that has to do with content creation, this is that podcast for you. And I hope that you guys are enjoying your summer. It is certainly a hot one here in Connecticut. And if you're wondering why is this show dropping on a Tuesday, that's because we've got three. That's right. Not one, not two, but three. Jeff Bradbury shows for you this week. Today we're talking all about podcasting. Tomorrow we're going to talk about something special happening this weekend, some virtual conferences. And then on Friday, I've got another bonus show for you guys. And we're going to talk about an interesting topic with our good friend, Dr. Frank Buck, all about retirement. So if any of those things certainly, uh, tickle your fancy i would love to have you guys remind you that you can of course subscribe to this show and all of our shows over on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and let your friends know if they're looking to be content creators we've got some great shows over here on the jeff bradbury show and again guys thank you so much for making teacher cast your home for pd i am excited about this episode not only am I excited about this episode because Matt Passy is just so passionate about podcasting. He knows so much. He is a friend of mine. He's a mentor of mine. He's the guy who I turn to. He runs a podcast consulting business. When I found out that Staples was getting into podcasting, Staples, the company I worked for for eight years when I was a teenager, I looked at a picture in, in, in on the internet of Staples doing podcasts, and guess who was in that picture? It was Matt Passy. Guys, if you're a podcaster and know anybody that is interested in podcasting, this is that show for you guys to not only check out and share. I hope you have a good time with it. I am not going to tell you guys anything more other than on Wednesday. That's, that is, that's tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to be having another episode all about how to build your brand through online courses, online conferences, and of course... We're going to get into there. Now, I will say before we get into this interview, this interview is actually recorded in January. That's a long time ago. But back then when I had this idea of creating the Jeff Bradbury show, I said, who can I get to be one of my first guests? Because, you know, when you start a new podcast, it is interesting and it's scary. And you, you do feel like a new podcaster, something that we talk a little bit about in our interview today. And, you know, remember, whatever you hear in this interview, this was pre-COVID, well before COVID hits. This episode was actually scheduled to come out somewhere in the middle of March. And, you know, COVID hit. I took some time off. And now we're building our brand back. So I want to just share with you guys this awesome interview with Matt Passy. I hope you guys like it. And I hope you guys check out all the great stuff that Matt's doing over on his network. So without further ado, here is my interview all about podcasting with Matthew Passy. My guest today is the podcast producer and consultant over at thepodcastconsultant.com and a very good friend of mine. I want to bring on Mr. Matt Passy. Matt, how are you today? Welcome to the show. 
I am very good, my friend Jeff. How are you tonight? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. We are talking all about brand building and podcasting, which uh, you know something about, don't you? I, I'd like to think I know a few things about that, you know, having worked with so many clients who have used podcasts in various ways to build their brand, build their own personal brand, business brand. Uh, I, I've got a little bit of expertise, a little bit of experience, and it's always a pleasure, by the way, to join you on any of your shows. This is not the first time I have joined you somewhere on the TeacherCast Network. Uh, thank you for saying that. And of course, it's always nice to have you on. Now, you and I have been podcasting for quite a long time. When did you get started? So officially, I started a podcast in my first radio job back in it's like 2007, 2008, shortly after the iPhone came out and the podcast store officially opened. And you could actually go and get podcasts through an Apple device. So I saw that. I turned to my boss and I said, huh, podcasts are cool. Why don't we launch one? And he said, if it doesn't cost me any money and I don't have to do any work, go for it. So that, that is, was officially my first podcast. But but that is hard, right? Because people think, well, podcasting is free. It doesn't mean anything. But we should really be thinking about podcasting as a way to enhance our brands, how to build our brands. And sometimes that does mean spending a few dollars. Absolutely. I mean, it is definitely – here's the thing. Everything that you do is a reflection on your brand. And while you're going to use this to elevate your brand, you are also going to use this to showcase your brand. And so – the one thing I always say when I'm talking to clients is if you're not going to do this consistently, I don't want to work with you because if you're going to put up an episode then stop for three weeks and put up another episode and, you know, drop off for three months, clients who are going to come along and look at your website or want to think about your services. They're going to look at how you perform on this podcast. Like, are you showing any care? Are you putting any thought into your quality? Where is your consistency? If you can't be consistent and high quality with this, how are you going to be consistent and high quality with the work I'm paying you to do for me? So even though we're using this to build our brand, it also has to be a reflection of your brand. And I don't want people to, to not do a good job because it's only going to do more damage than good. Well, let's let's dive into that. You keep saying the term good quality. Now, that can mean a thousand different things. Let's let's kind of pick apart that when you say good quality. Um, what do you mean? I think good quality comes down to three pretty much basic things. If you can do these three things, you have a decent quality podcast. You know, it's not going to sound like NPR, the New York Times, a Joe Rogan show, but it's going to it's also not going to turn people away and it's going to let them know that you take it seriously. One, you have to have at least a mic. You don't have to have a $5,000 mic. You don't have to have a $600 mic, but you need a mic. If you're just going to try and podcast into the built-in speaker on your laptop, it is going to sound terrible and people are not going to take you seriously. Invest in a mic. You can get a $40, $60, whether it's the ATR2100, the Samsung Q2U, whatever it is. Get a mic and get it in front of your mouth an inch or two away so that people know you are taking this seriously. You will sound really, really good compared to if you're talking into your stupid laptop mic. So one, have a mic. Two, be consistent. Just as I was saying, if you tell your audience, we're going to be here every week with new content, be there every week with good content. If you're not sure that you can keep up the pace of every week, that's fine. Start with every other week start with what's a month but whatever it is that you tell the audience you're going to do whatever you promise to deliver deliver because again this is going to be a reflection of how you perform and so if you tell people this you promise people this and then you can't deliver how do i know you're going to deliver when i'm paying you to do the work and number three pay attention and think about 
the content. Don't just talk into the mic for the sake of talking to a mic. Nobody has to have a podcast. Not everybody is entitled to a podcast. A podcast is a tool. A podcast is a delivery system for content. And so if you're going to spend the time and effort into putting something together and putting it out there, take care of what you put out there. Make sure you are delivering value. Like you said, these are free. Anybody can create them. Anybody can access them. doesn't cost anybody any money, but you're asking people to invest their time. If you are asking people to invest their time, take their time seriously. Matt, so just, you know, clearly when somebody works with you, they're working with a professional. And when they're looking to have a professional help them out with their podcast, they're looking at this as a brand building experience, as a marketing experience. Now, we know that podcasts are not just audio. It has to do with your album artwork. It has to do with your sound production, how things are edited out, how how your website looks. It really is a total package. Absolutely. It, it But again, it, it's it's. Everything you do, all your digital landscape, all of that is part of your brand. When you post on social media, when you you know record something on YouTube, when you put out a podcast, when you drop a graphic, it is a reflection of how serious people are going to take you. And so if you're not going to be thoughtful, if you're not going to be careful, if you're not going to be precise, then whatever, if you're going to be quick and sloppy, then people are going to think, okay, you're going to do work that is quick and sloppy all the time. So if you're going to do this, seriously invest the time and the energy into doing it correctly. Otherwise, you're just going to hurt your brand. So today we're going to talk about five ways that we can grow our brands through podcasting. You've given us some, you know, you've got, you're giving us five great things to think about here. Matt, what's the first thing that we should be thinking about when we're looking at using podcasting to grow our brands? Well, the first and the most obvious one is for dissemination of content or creation of content. Like I was saying before, podcast itself is just a delivery method, right? This is, you know, it used to be radio. Someday it's going to be called something else. But today, podcasting is a way to deliver content. If it makes sense for you to deliver content through audio, then this is what you want to do. That could mean interviewing other people that can mean going through your old blog posts and you know recapping them in certain ways you don't necessarily just want to read your old blog posts that's kind of a little slow and boring if you're going to do that like might as well do a book on tape you know people have a different expectation uh if you're going to just strip the audio out of your video and put that up as a podcast realize that on the video you have a lot of other things that are telling the story when you're doing audio you have to tell that story I always, you know, people always ask, what does that mean? And I always think about my grandfather who had a lot of problems with his vision. And so he used to want to watch the Yankee game, but he would mute the television and turn on the radio because the radio announcers were telling a story. The television announcers could just comment. They weren't creating a visual for you because the visual was already there. So if you think that you can tell a story, if you think that you can emote better with your voice, with your pauses, with the words that are coming out, then this is a great way to get content out there. It's also a great way to get content to people who, if let's say your content is long form and we know people just aren't reading, they're not reading the newsletters, maybe they're clicking on them, maybe they're opening them, but they're not taking the time to read through it. I can't tell you how many companies are coming to me now that are taking internal newsletters and saying, we want to do it as a podcast because at least we know 
people will listen to this in their car coming in and out of work. They're not reading it. So it's a great way to get long-form content into people's ears while they're commuting, working out, driving, whatever that is. It's just another way to get content to people that, frankly, it's more efficient. And and they're going to do a better job of listening because most of us listen to podcasts while doing something else. And it kind of frees our brain up to really pay attention to what we're listening to. I don't know about you, but when I listen to a podcast while driving, I, you know, driving is so second nature to me that I can really focus and get that and absorb that content. So I, I like I love getting really heady stuff when I'm in my car driving listening to podcasts because I just get so enamored by it. If I try and listen to a podcast while I'm, you know, typing or if I'm trying to like watch a video while something like I just don't get that same absorption. So this is a good way to deliver content. I, I love that analogy. I don't know about you. I find it hard sometimes in the car. I've got long drives coming from and to work. I can listen to podcasts constantly but I can't listen to an audiobook or a book on tape or something like that. Because if your brain goes off when you're listening to an audiobook, you, it's hard to get back in. But with a podcast, you can jump back into a conversation pretty easily. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the other thing is when you're reading an audiobook, you're not, you're not emoting, right? Like you're not conversing with the audience. Really good podcasters, yes, we want to reach as many people as possible, but really good podcasters are talking to just one person in that mic. And they're talking directly to that person. And so everybody who's on the receiving end feels that connection. They don't feel like just another faceless person in a crowd of people. You know, like radio announcers tend to shout and, you know, megaphone and talk to everybody like, hey, everybody, listen. You don't have that same intimate connection as a podcaster who's really getting close to the mic and saying, hey, here's what's going on today, right? Like, you feel a connection to that host. Now, before we get onto the second topic here, I want to stick with this for just one moment because we are talking about using podcast and content creation. When you work with your clients, do you uh, share with them uh, the concept of editorial calendars, building out long-form content, short-form content? Obviously, in the last couple of years, we've had a change in podcasts from doing series to seasons. What's your thought with podcasting? Should we be doing 10 episodes and take a break, or should we just say, hey, I'm a podcaster. Let's go for this. There are no rules. There's no one size fits all. I can't tell you which which of those strategies is best for you because your content, your goals, your, you know, what you're hoping to accomplish uh, are going to be very, very different from the next person. And so if I if I stand up here and I tell you, Everybody should be doing a season. Well, that's going to be a disservice to the people who are really good at doing a weekly show. If I tell everyone, ah, don't worry about seasons, that's going to be a disservice to the person who has, you know, working with a health podcaster. And they're going to do 10 episodes on cancer and 10 episodes on, you know, Alzheimer's and 10 episodes on Lou Gehrig's, right? Like that makes sense as a season because you're grouping topics together, but it doesn't make sense for everybody. So, there's no right or wrong answer there. I, I can show you people who are successful doing all of these different formats. It's just a matter of thinking about your content, your goal, how you want to accomplish it and what is going to best suit you and your audience and following that. Don't do what others are doing because it worked for them. Think about why they did it. Think about why those strategies work and whether they will work for you and your, or honestly get creative and try something completely different. Blow us all out of the water. You know, I think the best thing that we can take out of that that you just said was there is no right answer. There is no wrong answer. Do what works for you. 
Yeah. Well, there are a lot of wrong answers out there. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we're here every single week. All right. So we talked a little bit about using podcasting as a way to have content and, and, you know, sharing your passions for building this content. Matt, what's the second reason that we should be, you know, doing podcasting to help grow our brands? Well, so what I'm actually going to do is there's two, the next two, the way I've listed them is raise your authority and as a networking tool. And I'm actually going to reverse that. And I'm also going to group them together. So one of my first clients came to me and he said, look, there are people in my industry who I want to reach out to and talk to. And if I simply send them a note and say, hey, so until you have an hour to talk, they're going to say, who the hell are you? Right. <laughs> but if you reach out to that same person, and you say, I have a podcast and I'd love for you to join. All of a sudden it is opening up different doors and different opportunities. Right. Because now you are not just showing these people that you are selfishly trying to talk to them. You are providing them with a platform for them to share their ideas, for them to reach a larger audience, for them to talk to, to more people. So that's why it could be a great networking tool because it really opens up doors that just a cold call or just a cold email asking for time to talk to somebody wouldn't do. And then once you get that person on the, whether it's in person to record or you get them on Skype, you get them on the phone, however, you're going to record your podcast. Once you are talking to that person, it is so much easier. You now have that foot in the door to go and give your sales pitch or at least make a personal connection so that when you're ready for that sales call, you have a warm lead now instead of a cold lead. The other reason I say networking is a lot of my podcasters, uh, what they do, what my clients do is after they have a really great interview with someone and they, you know, they say, look, so-and-so, hey, Jeff, this was a really great conversation. I really enjoyed talking to you. Can you think of two more people that would be great to be on this show? Well, now you, Jeff, are going to introduce me to two more people and I've just grown my network. People who I never would have even known about, possibly you could be introducing me. And especially if A, you had a good time on the show and B, if you know you see some traction to your social media because of the show, you're definitely going to recommend me to some people that you like and trust and, and think are going to be a good fit. So it's absolutely a networking tool. And frankly, people who use it as a networking tool, they don't even have to think about the download numbers. Because those leads, those that growing network is more valuable to them than a thousand listeners will ever be. That is such an important topic and something that, you know, I've enjoyed over the last couple of years here with TeacherCast of, you know, hey, you know, Matt, you and I met because of Joe Pardo and being at his MapCon conference. And because of that conference, we now have other mutual friends, like Dave Jackson and, and, you know, everybody else in the podcasting world and having this ability to, you know, reach out, make some friends and, you know, actually just figure out how to grow your network in your niche. That's really, really important for podcasters. Yeah. And and the reason the other reason I think that podcasting is a better tool for that is low barrier to entry. If you ask somebody to do video, uh, the makeup, the camera, the lighting, the all that other stuff that goes into it. But can you sit at your desk with your phone for an hour? Sure. Can you talk, you know, can you hook up your headset to Skype for 40 minutes? Sure. Can I bring a microphone to your office? No pressure. Sure. Like it's just it's an easy low barrier to entry. Um, and if you take really good care of your guests and if you show genuine, authentic interest and you listen and you're not just trying to, you know, get them on tape and run out the door, then you will have built a genuine 
relationship with that person. So that's the networking piece of it. But at the same time, it also raises your authority in your niche. Now imagine that you've had this interview with one of the top people in your field, and they've recommended you to two or three other people that are on the same caliber as them. And now somebody's having a conversation, and all of a sudden, you know, the topic of what you do comes up. These three people who are top caliber people are all going to say, oh, yeah, Jeff, I know him. He's the teacher gas guy. I had a great interview with him. Boom. Your authority, your reputation, your brand has just grown exponentially because those people with really, really big cachet, big brands, authority in the field are now using your name and singing your praises. And all because you had a chat with them for an hour. So we talked a little bit about growing your authority, using it as a networking tool. Now, I think number four here, Matt, is something that new podcasters ask you about probably more than anything. What is the fourth way that we can use podcasting to grow our brand? Well, and of course, this is the more obvious one is that you are building an audience. You are putting out content. You are hoping that lots and lots of people subscribe and lots and lots of people engage with you and lots and lots of people ask you questions. And so, yeah, if you can... I'm not sure I can tell everybody how to grow their audience or that what I'm going to tell you is going to guarantee that you grow your audience. But clearly, one of the ways that you build your brand is by building your audience. And so if you can put out interesting, unique, quality content in a specific field that fills a void that nobody else is filling, you will find an audience and you will find the right audience. And if you're really good at what you do, you're not just looking to build an audience, but if you could think about your audience as your community, now you have turned into, now you could turn into something really special. The thing about podcasts, the reason why advertisers love this field so much, the reason why brands love trying to get on podcasts is because hosts don't just talk to podcaster, podcast audiences, they build a relationship. And so when a Jeff Bradbury turns to teachers and says, hey folks, I have really enjoyed using my Roadcaster Pro. It's not just a commercial. It's people saying, oh, that Jeff Bradbury, who I know and I trust and who has given me so much useful and valuable information over the years, is now telling me that this piece of equipment is good to use. That is a, that is a real, genuine endorsement that carries a lot of weight and a lot of merit. And that goes back into number two, raising your authority. Well, yes, absolutely, raising your authority. But, you know, you can use the podcast to build a Facebook group or a Slack group or an email list or whatever and invite your listeners to be a part of the show. Invite them to pose questions that you can answer. Invite them to, um, you know, give you your, you know, call you out on what you're doing right or wrong. There was a really good podcaster. He's a comedian. He did a show sort of like a, a Carlin's Hardcore History, but a little bit funnier and raunchier. Uh his whole thing was his shows were so intense and so well done and he was doing it once a week. And what he did was he said, Hey, if every hundred reviews that you guys get me an Apple, I will do a bonus episode. And people flocked to give him reviews because they wanted more content because he was mm -hmm. delivering such high quality. He had, and, and he turned that experience, you know, by the way, not only did he give him a bonus episode, he then let them, decide the topic and vote on it so he gave them ownership of the show 
And from that beginning, he has turned it into a thriving community. People are paying him monthly memberships, buying T-shirts, going to events, downloading apps. I mean, he has turned it into a massive, massive revenue engine, but also just a thriving community of people that truly love him and love each other. I think he might even have a dating app for his community like that. Like that's how big he was able to get it. It's amazing to think about where podcasting has come over the last what are we at 13 years somewhere in there and it's changed so much and it's changed so much in just the last two years with the popularity of podcasts going from you know guys like you and I to every celebrity and their managers nowadays have podcasts there's one more thing that we're looking at here and that is that revenue generator you mentioned it briefly there but when we're looking at using podcasts to build your brand through revenue generators what are some of the things that are out there? Not everybody has a million subscribers to start making dating apps. When somebody comes <laughs> to you and says, I'd like to have my podcast bring in a couple extra bucks. You know, I, I, I'm on the fence about, you know, the I don't want to say the name, but the, the service where you say, can I get a dollar per month in support? I, I'm not a fan of those kinds of things. Some people are. That's cool. But most people aren't going into podcasting for a dollar a month. They're looking to figure out how do they get their next car payment out of their podcasts. What advice do you have when people are looking to use that podcast to really support their families? Well, so, I mean, advertising is the probably the most common and the most, you know, popular way that people think of when it comes to monetizing a podcast, but you're not monetizing a podcast, you're monetizing an audience. And so you have to build an audience before you can really sell ads against it. And that's going to take time. But also if you think about podcasts that are selling ads, they are in the business of selling audiences, right? If you want to build a podcast that you can monetize, then that podcast has to be your full-time only focus. That is your job is to build an audience for most of the people that for most of the people that I work with. And for most of the people that I imagine are going to be listening to this, becoming a famous podcaster and building an audience is not their full-time job. Their full-time job is probably they're a lawyer, they're a teacher, they're an accountant, they're a you know, financial advisor. They have something else that they are doing that is where they make their money that the podcast is going to support. And so what I tell people is figure out what it is that you make your money on. Figure out the place that is really where you're going to earn that next car payment, like you said, and use the podcast to get you there. So, you know, let's say you are a chess teacher, right? Great example. I have a client that actually, he is a chess teacher. He has a chess podcast. He was never going to turn this into a 40 million download podcast, but what he's done is he's turned it into, he is one of those people that uses a, Hey, if you want to support the podcast, throw a couple of bucks my way, it'll help with the show. But what he's also done is he can say, hey, if you're looking for a chess instructor, hi, I'm right here. And now people are like, well, I love listening to his show. I love the conversations. Not only does he clearly know his stuff, look at all these people he's been able to talk to, all these world-class chess masters and blah, 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 blah. He's built his authority. He's built his business. He's built his ability to teach, and he's able to charge a premium for that. So you don't need a million people to make money off your podcast. There's a, the best example I can always give of this. There's a guy in Florida, Glenn the geek. 
He runs something called the Horse Radio Network. And his most famous show is one called Horses in the Morning. Think of it like, you know, a daily radio talk show that just is centered around horses. They talk news, they talk sports, they talk culture, they talk horses. And every day they just, they get on and it's like your daily talk show. And he's got listeners from all around the world who tune in and thousands and thousands of people listening. And, and the show is great. But off of that, he's built a network of shows. A lot of different shows. And I remember having a conversation with him, and he said the show that actually earns the most money is the one with the smallest audience. He has a show all about carriage horse racing. Now, there's like thousand people in the country who do carriage horse racing, and there is only one podcast that talks to this audience. So you can bet your bottom dollar that an advertiser who has a product that they only want to sell to the carriage horse racing community is going to pay him a premium for even 600 of those listeners because they know that it's the right audience for their product. And also their products aren't cheap, right? We're not selling a $10 blue apron thing, right? These are thousand dollar products. So it's worth it to reach this audience and to, be a part of that community. You know, I, I want you to echo that one more time because that is exactly how TeacherCast is thriving right now. The show that I do that has the smallest, the most niche audience, my tech coach podcast, that is the one that we are able to support through monetizing the most. And it's because, again, there's so many tech coaches. There's only so many tech coach podcasts. And out of that, we were able to look at all of the different ed tech podcasts and go in a completely different direction to then build a mastermind, to get a community, to get a following, and then to start driving you know, what we call cold leads into a mastermind group. Right. Right. I mean, I have another client right now who... Originally, the show was all about audience building. We were going to build a million audience, and we were going to get them on radio, and we were going to do this and do this. And it turns out what he really needs are two or three new clients a year. If he can get two or three new clients a year, those clients to him are worth a million dollars over 10 years. So we are not going to focus on two million downloads. We're going to focus on 200, and we're going to focus on guests who are potential leads, or who are who can get him the connections to those potential leads. Because, right, like converting three people out of 300 is a lot easier than trying to grow to 40,000 people so you can sell, you know, a CRM of $25 per thousand downloads. It's just, it's just easier to do. Um, so, again, it just depends on why you're doing it, what's your ultimate goal, where are you going to get the most value from, what is – and remember, this is a marketing tool, but it's your marketing tool. So it's okay to throw an ad for yourself on there. It's okay to throw an ad for your event on there. It's okay to hype your services. It's, it is yours. Nobody can tell you what you can and cannot do on there. If at some point you think you're going to have advertisers on there, start advertising yourself from day one so your audience is used to having supported messaging on this podcast. The website is thepodcastconsultant.com. He is Matthew Passy. Matt, I want to say thank you so much for coming on today. But before I let you go, I'd love to do a little bit of podcasting nerd talk. Can we talk a little bit about our favorite topics here? You know, the ones that everybody wants to know about applications and equipment. 
Of course. All right. Now we're going to we're going to put this thing into three different categories. The quick and simple, mobile friendly and then studio. So basically we're talking dollars here. Podcasting applications. Like we can do this forever. But yes. <laughs> quick and simple, like I, I'm a I'm a fifth grade teacher. I want to make a podcast or I'm at a conference and I want to make a podcast. What's your you know, what's your go to? What's your quick and dirty? If I'm, I've never done this before. And, you know, let's start with free. Honestly, if you're I, I hate to say this, but if you're going to do it for free, if you're just testing the waters, if you're having fun, use the voice recorder app on your phone. Just start recording. Just start recording your voice. Every phone comes with one. Put it in front of you between your friends. Talk. You don't have to use it. You can, but you don't have to. Just start doing it. You're going to learn very quickly whether you want to do this and whether you're any good at it. Anything else as far as free? You know, I, I, I know for myself, I use things like GarageBand. I don't know if you're a fan of that one. I, I never I never figured out GarageBand for the life of me. <laughs> to be honest with you, you know what you know what I'll say the the whatever movie maker is on your computer, so iMovie or even the Microsoft Movie Maker, that's a great way to make short video clips and promotional clips and audiograms and things like that. Once you're getting into the promotional stage, video does better in terms of social media and promoting. So, uh, just you know, make it simple. Do it with those. If, if anybody can do it with that, and PowerPoint. I can't tell you how many how many video presentations I've made using PowerPoint slides. They've got a way to export your PowerPoint with the transitions and everything and timing to an MP4. Just do that. What about mobile friendly? I know you and I both go to a lot of conferences and we're not talking free anymore here, but we know when you go out to a, a podcast movement, what do you bring with you? What's your secret weapon? Uh, if I'm going to record podcasts, it's my mix pre. I mean, that is my my everything at this point. Um, I, I'll probably say, well, so this is more of a hardware, but I'd say software wise, I'm still waiting for Squadcast to get their stuff together so that they have a mobile app on iOS for the longest time though. I loved ringer. Uh, I, I used to have a part-time job and I would book interviews and I could literally duck into a room, plug in my ATR 2100 to my iPhone, open up the ringer app and I could record a podcast interview anywhere in the world. And I would sound good. And if my guest was doing it correctly, they would sound great. So Ringer is still Squadcast will overtake them soon, but I still like Ringer. You a fan of uh, Boss Jock, or I think they're calling it Backpack now? Uh, I've never had a need to do a live show like that. I've only had to record content and then I would go back and produce it later. So, I mean, I I've heard good things about it. Um, if you know, if you're one of those folks who needs to really do a live production, then yeah, that's definitely one I would look into. I'll tell you one that I like to use, and this is so far the easiest one I've ever come to. It's called AV Studio Pro, or sorry, AVR Studio Pro. Real simple. It, turn it on, record, automatically saves to Dropbox or your Google Drive or anything like that. For me, that's what I use for the conferences. I know every single time I plug in a microphone, it happens to work and it saves. And, and I, I like using that. And of course, all the links to the stuff that we're looking at here, we're going to have over on our show notes page. Now, Matt, I'm looking at you. You've got some great equipment. Before we start talking about the hardware, what do you use? What, what's your editing? What's your what's your 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 money's no object? Here's my editing applications of choice, audio and or video. I am an Adobe Audition person through and through for my audio editing. It's just what I used in the radio world, and so I'm uh, very comfortable with it. I'm, at some point, I'd like to get myself taught on um, 
uh, Hindenburg, but I'm just, I just don't have the time to train myself. And then on video, I finally splurged for Final Cut Pro. Um, just like uh, if you know iMovie, it's just like iMovie with more features. Uh, fantastic for, for editing video. I love Final Cut. I will echo that. I've used Final Cut for every single, every single thing, audio and video for the last nine years plus. And I'm impressed I, by people who can edit audio in Final Cut. It's, and I say it that way because I know all the keyboard shortcuts. So <laughs> I, even though iMovie is simpler, um, and technically iMovie is uses, using the same kernel that, look at us, we're going nerdy here, right? Um, Very nerdy. It doesn't have all the keyboard shortcuts. And, and I, even with this, as soon as we're done editing, it's going into Final Cut and it's getting pressed as well that way. And I it uses the iMovie's not as precise. I can get way it's more not. precise in Final Cut. And, and, and Final Cut also uses all the logic plugins. So mm-hmm. you're basically doing logic in a video editor. Yeah. And done. Set it. Forget it. Let's talk hardware. Right. Let's let's wrap up the show today and, and talk a little bit about hardware. Quick and simple. You you want, you know, the, the basic microphone. I know you mentioned a few of them earlier, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fifth grade teacher. I'm a broadcasting teacher. I want to get a, a quick microphone or two for my kids. What do I get? I, I'll say it again. The ATR 2100 and the Samsung Q2U, they're basically the same microphones and different uh, wrappers. Um, I, to this day, keep an ATR 2100 in my computer bag at all time in case the the need to podcast arise. I can plug it into my phone. I can plug it into my computer. I can get on Squadcast. I can get on Skype. And it's look, it's not going to sound like a studio, but it's going to sound much much better than anything else out there um, and it's got usb and xlr so you can start using it with your computer and then as you evolve and get better and you start to grab you know zoom digital recorders and mixers it's already got the xlr so you don't have to go out and replace you get all new mics you can just use your existing mic in your fancier equipment mobile friendly i i know for myself i am a big fan of the zoom h6 recorders i also like the raspberry microphones depending on what you're looking for um the h6s are it's a self-contained unit whereas the raspberries you can plug them into your iphone ipad usb but you said something i'm not familiar with a mix pre what is that so i was a huge fan of the zoom h6 for a very very long time it's a great device i still recommend it to a lot of clients because uh it's one thing that i can very easily troubleshoot with them over the phone but I uh, graduated to a Sound Devices Mix Pre 6. It is a digital recorder and audio interface. It is pro grade in a consumer package. So Sound Devices is known for audio interfaces that are used in television and movie production. And they have basically taken all of their great technology, all of their great builds, and they've put it in a package that is made for the consumer market. So like an H6, four inputs, I can record directly to an SD card. Unlike an H6, I can both record into an SD card and simultaneously use it as a digital interface in my computer. So you actually have backups, right? If I'm recording a podcast on my computer, I can also just hit record. I'll record directly to the SD card simultaneously and it's great it does so many cool things and the preamps on it are just beautiful it just sounds so nice i'm gonna push back at you you said the word consumer now i i know it is a consumer product but it's a consumer product at 850 bucks what do you have what do you recommend that's a little bit more in the 
consumer educator, not $850 range. Mix pre three. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit cheaper. No, honestly, if, if we're talking about if, if price isn't, is an that's issue, only $550. Yeah. I mean the mix pre six, uh, three fifty generally, uh, with, with, the you know the box and the cables that you need for it i look i will never tell anyone who has an h6 that they don't have some the equipment that's good enough um i think the h6 is a great device it's easy to use takes up to four microphones if you really don't want to splurge uh and even an h4 two mic input i think they you know over the holidays they had them on sale for like two something on amazon so you can always find a good deal on them all right, now the, the the big question here, studio professionals. You've got a nice looking mic here. I know that microphone's going into something. I don't want to say money's no object, but you know, you want to start a podcast in your house. Lay it on me. Uh, believe it or not, I have this RE20 is going into my MixPre 6. That's what I love about it. This MixPre is my home studio and I can easily detach it and take it with me and uh, it's pretty mobile friendly. Um, if I'm, if I'm building a studio, I'm buying these boxes and I might not necessarily buy the RE 20. I might buy the RE 320, which is about a hundred dollars cheaper. And no one's really going to notice the difference in the audio quality. Um, so it's an Electra voice RE 320, fantastic microphone, uh, invest in a couple of good stands and, and you just, you can't go wrong. What's your boom uh, armor of choice? I see you have a nice one there. Yeah, you know, this was actually a donation along with a microphone when I uh, when I left my last radio job. Um, I like a good scissor arm. I, I Rode makes really good ones. Um, I can't think of the name of the model on them, but um, it, when it comes to a, a good mic arm, uh, I would say if you're going to do a scissor arm, invest money in it so that it doesn't make a lot of noise. It holds up. Uh, you know, maybe it's not Rode. Maybe it's Heil that makes a good one. Yeah, I'm looking um, at this one. This I'm going to put all the show notes. This is the Heil PL2T. Look at how nerdy we're going to get here. Yeah, that's a good one. The other thing I might look into is there sometimes, like, the nice thing about this arm, and I don't know if it was the engineer who did this, but some of them are pre-wired. Yes. So that the cables one. are already coming through it, and you don't have to mess around with it, or you don't have to, like, the you don't have to tie the cables to it. Uh, so if you can find one that's pre-wired, that's a good investment. Um, if you're going to do... Uh, if you don't want a permanent setup, if you want something that you can take down uh, on a regular basis, uh, there's a like a $13 desktop mic stand that uh, I always recommend on Amazon. It's like, oh, uh, uh, what is the name of that stupid stand? I I'll find the name of that one. There's also a larger one called the Gator Frameworks. Um, the Gator Frameworks one it's a little bit heavier. It's actually got a swinging arm, so it can get a little bit closer to you. It's pretty heavy, uh, but that's a good one if you're going to be in a situation where you're not sure uh, if you can, um, if it's if the per if it's easy enough for the person to sit up at the mic, or if they're going to be leaning back and you need to bring the mic to them. The other one, by the way, the thirteen dollar one is called an on stage DS seventy two hundred. It's just a little heavy weighted base straight pole. Any mic will clip into it. Uh, typically with the ATR with the Samsung, they come with a little mic stand, but they are usually um, tiny. And so if you want that microphone one to two inches away from you and you want to sit comfortably, I recommend investing the 13 to 16 bucks and getting one of these on stage mic stands just to 
easily pull out. And and when I used to do mobile recording in New York City, uh, back in the day, my original rig, I would have two Shure SM58s, two of these mic stands and my Zoom H6. I'd put it in my backpack and I could run around the city and record podcasts anywhere with two people. The website is called thepodcastconsultant.com. He is Matthew Passy, a great podcast consultant, an amazing podcaster, and I'm so proud to say a good friend of mine. Matt, uh, any parting words for anybody out there looking to build your brand through podcasting? We've kind of gone through the gambit of things here, but, you know, parting words here, that, that big piece of advice that you want to leave us with. The big piece of advice I want to leave you with, it's going to be a little bit of a repetition of what I said earlier, is you don't have to have a podcast. If you are going to have one, you want to do it for the right reasons. You want to do it because this is the right medium, the right delivery tool for your information, or it is going to create the right opportunities for you. And if you're going to do it, be thoughtful and careful. Do not rush. Do not half-ass it. This will be a reflection of your brand. And so if you want your brand to come off as professional and as high profile, high quality, then invest the time, invest the money, invest the sweat equity to make it a professional, high quality product so that that's what people think of you when they come to do business with you. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Jeff, it is always my pleasure to chat with you and if you guys love this topic and are thirsty for more you can of course check out the jeff bradbury show everywhere that your podcasts are offered and you can head on over to teachercast.net to check out all of our shows and find out how to subscribe at teachercast.net slash subscribe one more time we want to say thank you to matt and everybody for coming on the show and sharing their passions for building their edu brands so on behalf of matt and everybody here in the TeacherCast educational network my name is jeff bradbury reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students you've been listening to the TeacherCast educational network hosted by jeff bradbury please reach out to the show with all of your questions on twitter at TeacherCast or online at www.teachercast.net be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and please Take a moment to write a review in the App Store.